spidey senses tingling. Let me pick my jaw off the floor. Have you read the internets today? Real big show. Have you read the internets? Uh, F. Aaron says. I haven't been away from the internets since Tuesday. Do they do they have internets on those long flights from Chicago? Thanks to Go Boingo, I was well informed. Good shows, by the way. Well, let me tell you, this news today makes me go Boingo. Real big show. Welcome to. I'm gonna keep music playing. Um, special emergency podcast, Paper Keg 9.1. This is our point one issue. Jump on point. And this one's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show, DC historian Mark Farrington. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, writer, uh... He is clicking his jaw because something's wrong with his ear. Jonesy is here. I'm here despite health reasons. Uh, I couldn't stay away. So the Paper Keg podcast is an extension of our fabulous website, paperkeg.com. Check it out right now. We'll still be here. In fact, you're probably on the website right now. I think I'm on the website right now. Who knows? Uh, We talk industry news uh, in this special edition episode, and we'll get into... Some event books to close out the show. We usually have letters, but this is just emergency podcast. Can we still play the letter sounder? That, that's why I'm here. A <laughs> uh, special shout out to internet celebrity Dale underscore A who couldn't be here uh, because of the emergency situation. Do you want to get into the news right now, Mark? I can't wait. I am chomping at the bit. We have to. Big news this week. Uh, it was announced that DC would be launching 52 individual issues with new number ones, starting off with a new Justice League by your boy, Jeff Johns and Jim Lee. It's huge. It is huge. How big is that? It is huge. To take 76 years of comic book continuity and history and just... It stuff didn't really happen anymore. Do you think they're going to erase everything? Because Bob Wayne uh, just came out today, and, and he corrected the term reboot to relaunch. This is a launching of the new DCU. According to their interview in USA Today, Jeff Johns and Jim Lee said that they are going to be, what is the direct quote? It is a revamp that will introduce readers to stories that are grounded in each character's legend, but also reflect today's real-world themes. Mm. How do you do that without not even acknowledging what has gone on before? Yeah, maybe it'll just be a, a total <laughs> lack of acknowledgement to what's happened before. I think it'll be an, an ultimization, if you will, of the DCU. I love it. Love it to death. So how, do I. How, whoa, whoa, whoa. How do you just go ahead and love it? Hang on, hang on. Because I don't, on. I don't read DC on a monthly basis. Let, let me spin it to you this way. Spin it at Farrington. Kick it. <laughs> Kick it. All right. Spin. Now all the old readers are going to be upset because they've been reading comics since they were four. I will be leading that charge. And they're going to jump off. This is ridiculous. Throw their hats in the sand. But listen to this. What, what did the Ultimate Universe do? It made the characters younger, 
and made him deal with today's issues. Hipper. While we still nope. had Marvel Six Hang, on, hang, uh, I'm on, sorry, I'm sorry. hang I'm sorry. on, Farrington says. I'm sorry. Farrington don't say right now. <laughs> all right? <laughs> we all knew Wolverine's backstory. All right? We all knew it. We all loved it, appreciated it. All Ultimate Universe did was tweak it a little bit and showed us a different path. That doesn't mean we couldn't love the old stuff. That we couldn't, you know, go back and read back issues. It's just, this is what DCU needs to do to take a step into the 21st century. That's all I'm saying. And I love that music. <laughs> <laughs> and he has left the soapbox. Sometimes I don't even have full thoughts, but I keep, just going. keep going. I notice. <laughs> There's no motion to those thoughts. It's just words I hear after a while. Uh, now, now you're, you're the DC historian, Mark Farrington. So this really impacts you as a lover of the lore in D.C.? Absolutely. As a guy who grew up on the Super Friends, they taught me right from wrong, not the Bible. Right. F the Bible, you said. As whoa, a whoa, whoa. No, that wasn't you? No, I don't want to die. I apologize. I don't want to put words in your mouth. We're hey, not dying on this show. Let's, let's not make any huge false assumptions about anything and then tweet about him, okay? I apologize. <laughs> we wouldn't want to do that, you know... Uh, you have to be accessible in this day and age in the Twitter. Absolutely. You, know, you don't want to lose anything. You can't make any comments or else, you know, people will just be upset about Inside opinions. Inside baseball. <laughs> nice hat, by the way, Slim. Thank you. I actually don't even drink Dos Equis. This was a free buy one, get one hat. But he is the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> I so. am. So let's get back into, you know, you're, you're upset because your super friends are now dead. Agreed. And buried. Thank, Essentially. Thank let's go goodness. back to Jonesy's point real quick. Yes, the Ultimate Marvel did do a lot. It did bring in a ton of new readers, and Ultimate Spider-Man is still one of the best titles Marvel is publishing. But they also had the 616 continuity publishing concurrently. Can I tell you something? Go ahead. I was ready for them to destroy the 616 and just go all Ultimate. Really? I was ready. I wanted it to happen. I loved Ultimate X-Men. Have you no loyalty? No. Absolutely not. I could, no throw, I could throw you guys in a dish in five minutes from now. I wouldn't even care. Now accepting new applications for a <laughs> podcast. Uh, but, you know, obviously that didn't work out because, uh, you know, it, they blew that up big time. It yes, stunk. they stunk. Uh, the big creators left. Um, but as a non-monthly reader to DC, you know, I'm borrowing your guys' Flashpoint to read it. You know, that's what I'm doing right now because I'm poor. No shame in so it. What, I'm not ashamed to say it. Um you know, I'm looking to get into, you know, the DCU as a Marvel reader. Why can't I just hand you some of my trades? Because it's not new. You know, it's not it the need same. To be. I want to stay. It's I want to stay current. You know, I picked up a few issues of that grounded BS that was going on in Superman. Right. Awful. Can't wait for that to stop. I can't defend that. So, so now we're gonna have a new, younger Superman, presumably unmarried, to that wench Lois Lane. Get her out of here. You know. I prefer Strumpet. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you know this this is my end to superman you know i read birthright the greatest origin story ever created by a human being which was retconned again yeah so now now we now we can start from scratch hopefully with a younger superman written by maybe grant morrison who knows but what about superman earth one didn't we just see it and we can go back to the comics podcast days where we, we ripped that apart uh, Superman I believe Earth I One. defended it with my last breath. <laughs> Superman Earth One uh, was awful, but it got them a ton of sales. So, and I think uh, JMS on the beat, you know, um, 
talked about that's that was one of the motivators for Dan Didio to to start from scratch. Yeah, can I jump in here real quick, Mark, to answer one of your and probably every DC historian fan who is listening right now and who is probably slipping over coffee tables and telling the whole Twitterverse that I'm never going to read a comic book again if DC reboots. Let's do it this way. Think of all the readers, like, and I'll just do my own personal example. I wanted to jump on Justice League because you rave about it. I pick up one of your trades. I start reading. How many times did I tweet, text you, and ask you a continuity question because it's so convoluted? You're giving every reader a chance to start fresh. True. Are you, you know... They're not going to make a, a you know a reference to you know a JLU uh, issue from seventy years ago, but at the same time, are they doing that now, Mark? Are they doing that now? Are they following their own continuity so greatly right now that this is going to affect really anything? They just want to still tell good stories. Why do you have to have sixty years of baggage, fifty years of baggage? I agree with you. You shouldn't be uh, you shouldn't be held to your baggage and your continuity. But there's no way around feeling not feeling cheated for me as a fan mm. because I followed it. I remember reading Identity Crisis and going back to those old stories thinking, oh, wow, this makes me look at some of those villains at a to totally different light now. And some of the greatest moments that these comic characters have had are in their past. I know I'm bouncing around a lot, but let's go back to let's take Batman and Robin, for example. Uh, Didio said that he was going to tell younger stories and revitalize these characters. You can't tweak a legacy character like Batman and Robin and not have it affect an entire line, first of all. But, Jonesy, you're a Batman fan. Let's go with that. Okay. So if we're going to start telling younger Batman stories Good. in a different continuity. Yeah. We don't know that yet. We don't know that. That's unconfirmed. You're right. Presumably in a different continuity then we're losing some of the greatest Batman moments we've ever had. Agreed. The death of Jason Todd. Agreed. Hang on. As as a as a Batman, you know what? I could probably throw away the whole DCU and still keep my Batman. Okay. You know, if I never, you know, I'm not one of those people that can tell you that in Batman issue seven and panel four, you know, he teamed up with Catman and it was great. I can't do that. But I love, I probably started following Batman issue per issue only five or six years ago. Tell you what, if they were to tell me right now, we're getting rid of Damian Wayne, we'll reboot, and we're getting closer to the Batman Begins universe, I could do. I could have one or two reactions. I could throw a little S-fit and be upset that Damian Wayne was gone, or I could do this. Okay, I've trusted you with the last six years. I'm going to trust you now. You keep t telling good stories, and I'll keep reading. Why do I have to be mad about their decisions? These are guys with homes, with mortgages, with kids. People are trying to reinvent their business so that they're still around 20 years from now. And the three of us who aren't even working in the comics field have the, the balls to sit here and tell them they don't know how to do their jobs. I, it doesn't sit right with me. It's not like they're grabbing those back issues from your long box right now and essing on them. Yeah, they're not going to take G. them Johns away. G.F. <laughs> isn't coming down here and setting fire to your memories and childhood. Oh, look, look at how the, cool ulti look at the ultimate. Team, look that at the ultimate sweet. universe. You know how many great stories uh, happen in Ultimate X Men or, or Ultimate Spider Man, but you know the X Men stuff. They blew that universe up, and they're probably never going to acknowledge, you know, most of the stuff that happened. But they, they're still great stories, and we still enjoy them, you know. They don't reference them. You know, half the characters are dead anyway. 
for my week weekly apology, I, I apologize for getting so venomous there. It wasn't directed <laughs> at you, Mark. You have to understand. No, no, no. It, and was, it was pretty venomous. I'm going to sit here and vent and kick and scream about it until after the show and we're drinking beer. And at that point, I'll shrug my shoulders, pour out a little liquor for my continuity and jump in and... <laughs> Keep now, reading. The only thing that was really confirmed is that the JL, the JL book, Justice League, uh, they've said that they have never formed before. So I'm not sure if they had never met before either, but this is going to be the formation of the team for the first time. So so that's that's at least a reboot there. And that's part of my questions. Are we losing a shared universe? You can't tweak an origin like the Justice League never met without affecting a hell of a lot of things. And I guess part of my quote-unquote fan outrage is coming strictly from a standpoint of concern. Like, take, they've done this historically in the past, rebooted, revamped their line. Like, back in 1985 when they did Crisis of Infinite Earths, right. that was supposed to be wiping the slate and starting over again. But because they didn't think through some of the continuity errors or some of the continuity ties that they uh, had written themselves in, it really started to affect their line. Legion of Superheroes is a huge example. They would make one little tweak, like in John Burden's Superman, how it established in the Man of Steel that he wasn't Superboy anymore. Mm -hmm. That change retroactively affects the Legion. The right. Legion was inspired by the 1960s actions of Superboy. So then how, how would they have then formed in the new... They spent years, literally years, tweaking that to make it work. They created pocket universes. They created... Or they had the Time Trapper try to create a different Superboy. Then they tried to follow other characters like Monel and Valor. But in the end, they kept writing themselves into more retroactive incidences to the point in 94 Zero Hour, they just had to cut ties and start all over again. Right. So my guess wow. is the at the end of Flashpoint, you know, uh, Flash somehow sets the universe back in a close enough version. And that's going to explain why things are different. Um, that, so, so, so then my question is, you know, there's, they have 52 books that are coming out in four weeks, which is insane. It's a magic number for DC. It is, but it could be a terrible idea. You know, if these, there's oh, what, 15, you know, 10 to 15 new issues coming out that week at two ninety nine or higher, you know, how many people are going to spend that? $207.58 if you want to buy this all guy, 52. Math whiz, genius. I did here. it earlier on the Twitter. <laughs> so, so my question is, you know, um, Batman Inc., uh, is Batman Inc., you know, redacted? Did, did that not happen? I have to think that there's still going to be a Batman Inc. title because they, they need 52 books to come out. You know, there's probably going to be a Batman and Robin. There's going to be a Nightwing um, which is to assume now that Dick is no no longer going to be Batman. There's only going to be one Batman. Um, if that's the case, are we still going to have Batman running around across the world? What about Damien? Is Damien going to be ba ba in, in like the new Robin? Is there going to be a Robin? And all of those changes that you're talking about is something I was thinking about this morning, that if you fundamentally alter Dick Grayson, you affect a lot of titles and books and history. Like, um, oh, Barbara Gordon is rumored to be uh, Batgirl. Exactly. So, so I guess maybe the ripple effect is um, had gone far enough so that she maybe never got paralyzed in the first place. And they lose one of their most powerful and interesting characters, and multi-dimensional characters. I'm fine with her not being a crip anymore. Wow. You know? Maybe she's wearing, like, some kind of, you know, Professor X-style uh, uh, anapromorphic legs. That's, and does not reflect. Just made that up. 
at <laughs> Slim does not reflect the thoughts and <laughs> beliefs of App Paper Of his own show. I love Oracle. You know, uh, she's great. You know, but, you know, new fans, they're going to want to see the commissioner's daughter as a as Batgirl. And this really, it seems like DCU wants to get close to their... Back to basics. Back to basics and close to their TV media properties. Like, they want to, it seems like they want to get back to the way that the general public knows the DCU to be. The Paul Dini-verse, it was very streamlined. Right. And I think that's where they want to get close to. Because, like, we talk about it all the time. This generation, all guys our age, grew up on the Dean, the Deanie DCU, the Deanie DCU, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe they're trying to get close to that because that's probably when they had the last big surge of new readers. Very well, could be when you think about it. You know why DC fans are mad? Why are they? Because they us. didn't announce a crisis. <laughs> they would have said this is the Flash crisis. Everybody would have been right on board. There's some with sad their, truth to with that. With their DC hats on and telling everybody how great it would be. They do. They, they wear for DC fedoras. That's what happens. When they didn't announce it would be a crisis, you know, act like you just came in and slapped their kids. Like <laughs> Slim actually nailed one of the questions I have. Um, how is Flashpoint going to end to spark this? Right. I mean, I guess I should save that for our Flashpoint conversation. Yeah. But how can they possibly trigger this change i'm get you know that's the only thing i can think of is uh you know they're in it's not like an alternate timeline that they're in you know as they explained in in issue two they're they're literally in their timeline but it you know things have been altered right my only guess is you know he tries to alter them back to normal but fa it maybe fails or doesn't get it so right like some Create. cosmic butterfly effect or something yeah, like that exactly right. right so so things are you know near identical but some things have changed I'm wondering if Bruce that's, Wayne that's had pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Bruce Wayne had you know revealed to the world that he's funding, uh, you know, Batman at this point, or is that going to be too much baggage for a potential new reader? It might be. I mean, I, I think Damien might be too much baggage for a new reader. Like if he's a younger Batman, you know, and he has a you know twelve, fourteen year old kid already. Are we talking DCU proper? I'm talking new, oh, like okay. new DCU starting in September. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You know what I'm really going to be upset about. Red Robin will have to go away. I don't know. That, we that's, don't what know. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they really wanted to start clean, then I would say, yeah, Red Robin's gone. But they have 52 titles to have to to announce and have out. They have to fill up those titles somehow. If you pulled 100 people on the street, and if you were to ask them who are Batman and Robin, you'll get Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. People remember them from the movies, TV shows, cartoons. Right. So if they wanted to stream like that and go to Dick Grayson as Robin, Think about that change. That's no Jason Todd. That's no death of Jason I Todd. I think That's no Tim Drake. Maybe not shooting Batgirl. That's no Damien. No spoiler. Yeah, but I think enough people no know Teen Titans. that Nightwing is Dick Grayson. Yeah, actually, and another thing that I realize, if, if Barbara Gordon is Batgirl, that might uh, retcon the killing joke. Exactly. Unless that wow. still happened and she's using some kind of prosthesis. exoskeleton prosthesis. Let's move away from the Bat universe for a second. Let's, do it. Let's go Let's Flash. Flash. If you mean the most important person in DCU? Don't get me started. If you, who's going to be Flash? Your prediction right now. They already showed it. Barry Allen in the solicits for the new creative teams. Uh, apparently, Francis Manipole. 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 I don't know. Manipole. Manipole. Maybe. <laughs> Francis. Millar. Francis M is going to be writing and drawing it. 
and they showed the flashes having blue eyes, which is a trademark of Barry Allen. Could have been a mistake because in the JLA cover, uh, Green Lantern's not even wearing a ring. Yep. So this is true. The anchor uh, erased the Green Lantern ring by accident. Yeah, what are they going to do with all the 40 different colors of lanterns? I heard a rumor that there's going to be a Green Lantern team book. You know, all the colors of the rainbow. Yeah. Don't get me excited. Well, like a modern-day Power Rangers or something? Maybe. You know, Green Rangers. Who knows? Lantern Rangers. So if you keep Barry <laughs> Allen as like the... sounds like bad fan fiction. It really does. I love fanfic. <laughs> If you use Barry Allen as the Flash, depending on what year or how early in his career, do you make Wally West Kid Flash? If you make Wally West Kid Flash, you lose Bart Allen and the whole Speed Force generation. You lose probably Max Mercury. You lose any connections that Wally made, so that's another huge strike against the Teen Titans. Yeah, you know what, though? I, I We're sitting here and taking basically a death toll of who, think, who we think are going to just be X'd out of existence. And I hate to be this guy, but I'm going to refer you back to the Ultimate Universe. Why can't they take that stable of characters and reintroduce them in new and exciting ways? I think they could, but could they not do it concurrently? Like keep this, keep the traditional, keep the continuity we're following right now, and then over here on this side, track B, just do the Ultimate DC Universe like Marvel did. I mean, they could, but should they? Ooh. I wasn't ready for that. Well, well, look at it this way. Look, okay, DC has 11 years of Ultimate Universe to look at as their example. They saw Ultimate Universe as a huge surge in popularity for Marvel, and two years later became the laughing stock of Marvel. I don't know if it was two. Maybe, maybe well, let's say three okay. or four. I'll, g- I'll give them five at a stretch. Mm. I don't know. They started off pretty hot pretty quick. I they think did. I think around I think X Men started to lose steam uh as soon as as soon as Brian K. Vaughn came on. I agree. I was that, that Return was of the awful. King? No. No, Return that was the in the forties. That was Millar and Return then Bendis the took Millar. over. Yeah, but then Bendis came on with Finch. Uh that 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 stuff was kinda iffy, but that was when it started to taper off. So let's get into the creative teams that were announced for phase one. Good, I'll be right back. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't have... Uh, I'm not even going to talk about it. So, Just so they, they they talked about the, the phase one of books, which I guess these will be the books that come out the first week, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be the JL Justice League with uh, Geoff and Jim Lee and... Nine other books. The only one that really caught my eye was Wonder Woman, and I don't buy Wonder Woman. Is that because Brian Azzarello's on it, or because Cliff Chang is both doing art? Both. His art, you know, it's delicious. I'll just say it right now. But Azzarello's writing. Yeah, you know, his for tomorrow was horrendous. Uh huh. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give it to you. Okay. I liked Broken City. Is Lex Luthor Man of Steel? Meh. What? Oh. What? Pull out the archives. You know who wasn't impressed by that? <laughs> this guy. I enjoyed Luthor. I did not enjoy Joker. I think that was actually where, I, where we flip-flopped. Actually, no, I think you're right. I think I had the same opinion you just stated. Yeah, Joker was like a uh, almost a secret uh, sequel to Batman begin or uh, The Dark Knight. Yep. Which was a little too weird for me. Um... So I'm I'm down with Wonder Woman. I'm gonna buy that. If it's not oversized, I'm not paying. F- we'll get into the pricing <laughs> in a little bit. And the same day digital, 
yeah, so, on top of so, that. So, oh, yeah, we, we didn't even really talk about how tremendous it is that DC is the first company to make line-wide same-day digital. Fantastic. Incredible. Long overdue. No reason not to. None. Welcome to the 21st century, DC. <laughs> Congratulations, DC. Kudos to you, sirs. Kudos to everyone involved. What do you think, Jonesy? At Kwanzaa. The, there, there's been Pariza. a lot of, uh, you know, I, I've never thought I'd see any news polarize the comic community as day-and-day day digital. But it seems like in the last three days, not only has it polarized us as a group, but it seems like every person who had an opinion yesterday flip-flopped their opinion today. Anybody else catching that? Yeah. It was like, day and day digital, this is the future. Like, I even tweeted it like, I swear to God, it feels like anything in comics is possible right now with day and day, day, and day digital. You were skipping. I, I saw was. You were I was. <laughs> I, I was doing cartwheels. I was high-fiving people at work who thought I was nuts. Mm -hmm. And then the next day it dropped that it would be, you know, three ninety nine. And I think everybody who had like been dancing in the streets pretty much, you know, started flipping over tables and seeing yeah. you know, how terrible well, the, this is. Here's here's my thing. We can get into the creative teams, you know, mixed into this. So fantastic, DC is making the jump. This is what I've been waiting for for two years. You know, agreed. Uh, I want to read these books on my iPad at nine a.m. You know, I'm, I'm maybe I'm still in bed. I want to be able to buy the newest issue of Batman and not leave the bed. Maybe I'm on a conference call and really should be paying attention. Maybe, you know? Happens to the best of us. So, <laughs> so, fantastic. Day and day digital. This is the first step of, you know, the future. This is the future right now. We're living in it. Um, I and I know some people are saying, you know, I don't want to read comics on an iPad. Well, you know, you can read on the web, too. Okay, Chief? You can read on the web if you want. Uh, some people are saying, you know, eh, I don't like to read comics on an iPad. Well, you know what? Shut up, okay? Who, who are those people? Uh, losers is who they are, and they probably just shut yeah, off the podcast. It, it, it just it kills it. It kills me that like, why are we pandering to one part of the comics culture? Because we've got a very vocal minority over a quiet majority. Yeah, mm -hmm. but that that brings me back to my you know tag wagon the Dale con or well, I tag wagon the Dale. My yeah, God, I just have Dale in my mind. That. Yeah, <laughs> the tail wagging the dog comment I made last episode because you mean we're not gonna put out something for the good of all readers just because there's a bunch of mouthy people who wanted to stay the same. Yeah, so so this so they made the announcement and retailers you know their their cheeks got tight because they they didn't announce pricing at first. Um, so and and I've stated before that I'm I'm fine with supporting the the books for 299 digitally the same day you know walking dead invincible uh criminal anything Grew baker and phillips um so they announced this and you know i got i got excited you know i was like this is gonna be this is great press for dc everything's going digital and you know what would be even better is if every first issue was you know discounted 199 or lower you know you're gonna get your this is your ticket into the dcu this is these are these, you know, one ninety nine would be a great price. It's great marketing. Great marketing. You know, ninety nine cents. Are DC, you kidding me? DC was doing that years ago. Whenever they would have a major storyline out, they would have Batman, the ten cent adventure, exactly. Superman, right. the twelve cent adventure. I I blew my own mind thinking of the publicity they get if every first issue was ninety nine cents. <laughs> Did you just say you blew your I own blew mind? My own mind. It was mirror in front of mirror. So can you imagine every digital issue and print? Both ninety nine cents. So there'd be there'd be uh, you know the same price print and digital price parity, um, tremendous, huge. You know the set, and then down it would go back to you know two ninety nine 
hold the line at two ninety nine after that. Um put on the goddamn cover saying, you know, ninety nine cents, uh, first issue. So you know, I'm jacked up. And but I I had assumed, you know, I knew that they weren't gonna make it cheaper in digital. I am fine with two ninety nine. So today it came out the Justice League will be oversized, therefore three ninety nine. So print will be three nine. They're gonna be other oversized issues. I'm guessing Batman, Superman and some others, Wonder Woman. Um they'll be three ninety nine both print and digital. Um after four weeks, though, with every issue, they go down a dollar in the digital apps. So the Justice League after a month will become two ninety nine in the app. Um if Batman comes out number one at two ninety nine, four weeks later it'll be one ninety nine in the app. And I'm fi- I'm fi- I'm I'm okay with that for everyone but me. So let me make sure I get this straight. Yeah. So the day that it street dates and it's out in my comic book store, it's going to be three ninety nine on the app. Same price on the cover. It'll be in the app. And then 30 days later, it's going to be cheaper? Yes. Yes. Okay. That seemed pointless, but okay. So it's the opposite of what Marvel does. Ultimate Thor is in the app, and it's still 4 bucks a piece, and that came out October 2010. So they're already ahead of the game with this plan. And this is what the Intrepids do. Remember I talked about the Intrepids uh, a few shows ago. Um, It comes out, I think, maybe two weeks after it's in print, and it's $1.99 as opposed to, I think that's a $3.99 book. So that's great. And that's two weeks after the fact. I'm like, all right, I'm all right with that. You know, I don't have to get that the same day. I can get that after the fact. But for me, I I feel like I'm too connected to wait a month to read Justice League or a Batman title or yeah. a Wonder Woman. You know, I'm on my Google Reader all the time reading news. For me, it it doesn't it doesn't benefit me to wait the four weeks. But for new readers, you know, after they create a healthy backlog of these stories and they're in the app for a dollar nine nine, I think that's still good. No, I agree. I, and you know, it's hard to step outside of our group because I think. Our group is interconnected, and I think the way we read is very similar. Right. Because not only are we on Twitter, are we on, you know, we talk to each other, probably text each other on a daily basis. You know, we have a little coven, if you will, of comic book readers. And I just, for me, like, I'm not going to be able to wait 30 days and have, you know, 20 at replies tell me about how great, you know, Justice League number one is, and I'm not going to be like, hey, guys, can you stop talking about it because right. I want to wait a month? I wouldn't even do it for the show. And then my main issue is, you know, this is a huge missed opportunity for DC to to get those new readers. Do you think a new reader is going to walk into a comic shop and pay 4 bucks for a new Justice League? Right. Or to that, to that same effect, uh, an old, lapsed comic fan is going to go into an app and get the first issue for 4 bucks? You know, the oh, first— No way. Agreed. First thing that popped my mind is uh, when I was first tweeting about this, Tony Trove uh, tweeted me back and said, you know, some store, he might have said Walmart is thinking about putting old spinner comic book spinner racks. Now, let me put you this way. One of my first issues of comics, me and my old man in a grocery store, there's an issue of Spider-Man when he still had the black suit. Dad, 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 can I have the book? Can I have the book? Price might have been, might have been 99 cents tops back then. Mm-hmm. Okay, for a dollar... He'll stop bugging me, and I got into comics, you know, that way. Yeah. Now, flash forward 2011, spinner rack at Walmart. You got people out there trying to shop or whatever. Kid comes up, I want this, I want this, I want this. They're not going to pay $4 for that kid to throw that book in a, you know, 
in a in a corner somewhere and never see it again. Four dollars isn't an impulse buy, print or digital. Exactly, but I think that's where that's another thing they are thinking about. And even uh, Brubaker, Ed Brubaker on the Twitter, someone just fart. No. <laughs> my God, <laughs> that was me coughing. Sorry. Uh, um, he even said, you know, at at a three at three ninety nine, that's not going to have any impact on retailers sales direct market and you know it's great for retailers so while dc has made this announcement and that you know probably frightened most retailers four dollars isn't going to make you know most people go to the app instead right because the people that are still loyal to the retailers as long it's like almost like gas prices if you're if the person across the street is the same price as you but you're more familiar with the guy you know, pumping your gas where you're at now. Yeah, absolutely. Why make the switch? Yeah, absolutely. I get all of that. What really confuses me is why would you go make that more expensive on the Internet? If anything, you got to assume that your production value is going to be cheaper on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier. Like, it, it kind of pisses me off that I'm going to pay for the rights to read a story, the overhead has got to be arguably much cheaper to just scan your masters. Exactly. Give it to another company as a PDF and let them figure out how to put it in their own format. I'm not getting a print book that I'm going to bag and board and keep and then be, you know. Right. And then to that, um, they also announced that if you want to get the print book and also have an option to download the digital version, it'll be a dollar extra, $4 or uh, $4.99. Right. Why not take the cue from DVD or Blu-ray? And, you know, you buy the book and that's it. It's yours and it downloads it for free. I think um, – I don't think the technology is there yet for them to make a proprietary download, you know, just included with a comic because um, here's the thing. If you do that polybagged version for, for five bucks to get the print and then also a digital – that's not through. I'm 99% sure that's not through Comixology. That's a, they they said it's a diamond a diamond exclusive, which means that's their their new format, uh, which they announced a few months back, and we haven't heard anything since. I think that's through Iverse, which is a Comixology competitor. So you get a code that you can redeem online and then download it in their app. Now this might be too in the business for listeners, but. If Comixology does your pretty much did their app form, didn't they? The DC yeah, store, that's right. Why would you go with a competitor for your digital marketplace? I'm not sure. They, I mean, they haven't really said any details, but that's what I'm I mean, uh, gathering. I, I can only imagine it, it's them trying to save a a buck in the long run. You that's know, the only justified like a reason. Cost analysis, but why not invest that small amount now? Develop a good relationship with Comixology. And then your brand only gets stronger if you get these new readers you're talking right. about. I mean, they have a good relationship with Comixology now, but I don't think Comixology has any interest in doing kind of like that bundle. Or maybe they do have an interest; they just haven't perfected it yet to to, right. to do it. Um, so they they haven't really fleshed those details out. But it's going to get really confusing when people get these codes to download it. And it's not going to be the DC app. I'm almost positive it's not going to be the DC yeah, app. I tell you uh, right now, I I was on the fence about going in and buying these in print, just because it's probably like one of the few times in our lifetimes where we're going to be able to go jump in on a, a universe, you know, on one of the big two books. Mm-hmm. I was going in thinking about doing it in print and then buying an extra for digital, so I'd have it as back issues. Maybe if it was only for the number ones, just to support something right. I was kind of an interested in. And then as soon as I found it wasn't through Comixology, 
I hit the I hit the brakes because mm. comicsology for me has become my way to read the comics on on the iPad. Right? Why would I want to commingle that experience with something I'm not sure about? Yeah, I mean, unless comicsology has some kind of top secret, you know, code uh, validation program that they they have never talked about, maybe it's the case. But I mean, DC hasn't even really mentioned comicsology in any of their interviews with USA Today, which is very curious to me. We still got time. Yeah, I mean it's I, two, three and, days in, and that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm wondering if because graphically doesn't have DC in their app. But wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So if I want to go buy the number ones, I can't buy them through Comicsology. No, you can, but they just haven't like come out and said, you know, oh, we're partnering with oh, okay. Comicsology right. for got this. It. It's kind of just they're not even really mentioning. Maybe that's you know they're they're obviously still using the DC app, but I don't want to put words in somebody's mouth, and I hope nobody takes it as app. But if I'm Let's call it, you know, Jonesology comic book app, and I have a good relationship with with Marvel. Marvel creates the Ultimate Universe Volume Two, and then says, "Hey, we have this great relationship with you guys. Well, we're going to go with, you know, right. Farrington's comics because they offer us a better price." I'm going to be a little insulted. Yeah, the um, absolutely, but at the end of the day, cash rules everything right, around the, me. Yeah. The um, David Brothers on the Twitter, you know, he was curious if DC was going with their own proprietary. Uh, format for all of this um, because he I, he pointed out that they didn't even mention Comixology, but I told him that you know they did mention the web reader, which is powered by Comixology. Um, so I'm curious if you know there's still other partnerships that they haven't announced yet. Maybe graphically we'll start selling DC books, um, but DC has it easy because you can buy it on their web on their app or in Comixology, and it's all linked together because DC shares um, the login credentials across all the apps. So Which if, I like. Yeah, so if you add in DC to graphically, it's going to be hard to kind of keep track of your purchases and read them you know, wherever you please. That's why Marvel has such a big problem because they partnered with graphically. They also have their own app. They do their own web app, which is trash. And it, sometimes it doesn't even recognize all your purchases. And the worst part is going in and reading Marvel titles in Comixology. I downloaded the Marvel app separate when it first came out, expecting that I could read more titles in the Marvel app. And nine times out of ten, I'm I'm more happy with the Comixology catalog than I am with the Marvel catalog. Yeah, I think at first they had some kind of timed exclusives exclusives in the Marvel app. But now I think they've alleviated those. So I, th I think everything that comes in the Marvel app is also in the comics app. Yeah. Um, what I'm really curious about with, from a production standpoint aside and pricing aside, <clears throat> excuse me, from pricing aside and everything that we talked about, I want to know how they're going to market this. I go back to the point I made when we were talking about the Marvel 12.1 issue. The intent is to bring in new readers and the they want to reach quote-unquote today's audience. But all they're doing is advertising and posting and reporting at websites geared towards people towards, like us. Yeah, towards comic readers. I think what they need to do is go TV. As, as expensive as that is, I think the first thing you need to do is is target what our core, car or core audience is watching in television and spend that little bit of extra money to get the word out there. Mm. Because, if, you know, let's say... You know, let's say I'm a 35-year-old father of two and I watch, I don't know, what, what are the kids watching these days? Battlestar Galactica. Weren't you just watching X3? Yeah, I was, unfortunately. <laughs> I hate that movie. But uh -huh. anyway, let's say, you know, let's say I watch, you know, Battlestar Galactica every week. And 
I ha- I've been out of comics for 10 years. I'm watching. There's a 15-second spot on the reboot of the DC Universe. This is, you know, for everybody to jump on, you know, once in a lifetime. Now's the time to do it. You know, at 35 years old, maybe I go, you know what? I'm going to go down to my, you know, local, local comic book shop, and I'm going to do it. Mm. And they would have no idea unless they saw it as a commercial. Take that one step further. Another good place to do it would be, you know, the little promo spots for movies, not for trailers, but when you get there 10, 15 minutes early. Oh, yeah, like they the do 20. The, right. Yeah, they do yeah. the little behind-the-scenes features and everything. That's a quick little moment when they can let everybody know, hey, by the way, if you like this movie, go check it out on the Internet. I mean, the millions they're making off of movie franchises, I'm sure they can spend a little bit on, you know, media advertisement. Right. I mean, I understand that they might – it's almost – it's almost confusing where they think they can get away with all their advertising on the web because they expect that every comic book reader is a, is following websites and follows people on Twitter and all this. Yet the people they cater to is exactly opposite the audience they try to market to. Mm. The uh, Comics Alliance had a post, you know, interviewing various retailers about their thoughts on the reboot and if it'll, uh, you know, help sales and. Uh, Chris from Meltcast was interviewed from uh, from Meltdown Comics, and you know he brought up a great point, um, you know about these about the numbers, you know the number of issues. He's like, what happens when Superman eventually gets to seventy four? You know that that that's still a roadblock for potential readers. They're going to come in and they're going to see seventy three issues of stuff that I missed, and you know he wondered if they should go towards the continuous limited series route that Hellboy does and BPRD, you know, it's just Hellboy, the Fury, one of three. And you had mentioned that a couple episodes yeah, ago, right. and I am on board with that. That would have, I would love that, you know, because every three months a new reader could walk in and, and only have two previous issues of, you know, backstory that they know of. And, uh, what I think they need to do, and this is going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, is do it. Do away with overarching continuity. I'm not saying you can't have an origin story. I'm not saying you can't reference everything. But why does every story arc have to quote unquote matter? Get and, out my damn house and change things. Get out my damn house. I'm right serious. Now. Like every, it seems like every DCU person picks up arcs because it's so shattering, and they need to know how this character's life is. You know, change. Mark is in mourning right now because I know it's possible that every story that he loves, Dan Didio is going to come here and wipe his A with it in front of him, and he's still not recovered from this. And you're just well, rubbing it. I'm face. not trying to rub it in. You're rubbing it. I'm not trying to rub it in. So I'm just saying you got to be strong. So let's move into these creative teams. All right, all right. I just had a hell of a comeback too. <laughs> Sorry, I just borked it for you. Yeah, you did. Um, Wonder Woman, I'm going to buy. So am I. Uh, not if it's three ninety nine. I'll say that. <laughs> I'll say that right now. You cheap. If that's three ninety nine in the app, TS. All right, I'm borrowing that from one of you two. You're gonna give me your iPad, and I'm gonna read it. Deal. Because I have made a pledge to buy every single and read every single number one issue the in the month of. The, oh, I'm doing it. Do you know how much that costs, Jonesy? Calculated it. Two hundred seven dollars. I know Hapro Federal Savings is giving that the DCU loan. You might want to go over. <laughs> That bank is terrible. Don't go there. I don't want to hear from you guys when you ask to borrow my Fury of Firestorm number Let's one. Let's get into Flash right now. You know they're getting heat because you know some of these creative teams, they're not very electric. You know, Francis M. Francis Manipal. You know he does the art, 
I, I like his art. You I know, never heard of that guy until today. It's a little Adam Kubert-ish, you know, on The Flash. I when it comes out. Oh, yeah. It's a little late. Yeah, so now he's like... writing and drawing The okay. Flash. With Brian. Some guy that I'd never heard of. I'm sorry if you're listening. I wrote it down. Uh, what's his name? Brian Bucciolato. I had to Google this guy, and I didn't even <laughs> feel like it. That's how bored I was with his name. Uh, it, he what do even... you do at work? <laughs> <laughs> I got a very long lunch break today. Okay? I got a lot done. <laughs> Um, so I Googled him. He doesn't even really, you know, he has a website. I got some kind of weird comic wiki. He had done inking on a Top Cow book in 2007. He's pursuing an acting career. You know, good for him. Uh, so I guess he's going to be doing kind of, you know, maybe finishes on art. Coloring, maybe? I, it or sounded I guess like he, It and... sounded like he was going to do, uh, you know, artwork. Like, I don't think they'd announce a colorist. I think, I think Francis is going to do, um, you know, plot, uh, scripts, and breakdowns, and this guy will help finish the art to get it out on time. Makes sense. According to the press release by DC, it is "quote unquote" by Francis Manipal and Brian B. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna like swap art duties. I don't know how that. Maybe maybe he'll draw one issue, take a month off, draw the other one. So right off the bat, no interest in the Flash. I agree, based on that news, and especially it's gonna be two ninety nine the first issue. I'm not gonna, you know. I was, I'm not gonna buy. Yeah, I'll borrow it. I'm not gonna spend three dollars, you know, on the flash and print. So I'm probably not gonna do it in digital, digital either. I agree, and that's. I had some grand dreams, you know, to Mark's point, to you know, go ahead and buy all, you know, number one issues, right. and you know, really get on board. You could do that, you know, support but, the digital craze. You know, I refuse to support four dollar issues. I will support three dollar issues. At, at the end of the day. I'm not going to spend five bucks to read about Hawkman. I, I really just don't give an ass about it. I don't life. think he's going to have an oversized issue, to <laughs> be honest. God, I hope not. Even though it's been written by Tony Daniel and Philip Tan? I, per, I, I, peruse, I like Tony Daniel. I peruse some of his Batman stuff, and I didn't like it. I'm just going to throw that out really, there. Really, Tony yeah. Daniel? Really? Yeah, there's recent stuff where he was, you know, it was, okay. it was like he was with Shang-Chi. Yeah, his recent stuff. You know, Batman's been kind of missing. I didn't care for that. But I think the uh, the unannounced uh, writer of of uh, Batman is going to be Dwayne. Uh, what's his name? He he did Cable. How do you pronounce his name? Oh, Dwayne Swarinsky. Yeah. I think it's going to be Dwayne and Greg Capullo for Batman. Capullo. Capullo. <laughs> and then rumor has it Grant Morrison's on Superman. But let's go with what DC has confirmed. Let's do it. Go through the first wave right now. Aquaman. Geoff and Ivan Reyes. Is Ivan the guy who's drawing the Aquaman Flashpoint series right now? Or will be? No? I don't believe no. he is. He looks like an, ad, an Andy Kubert clone. Who, who's ever no, doing... no, no, no. Andy Kubert did character uh I know, but the, the, covers, right. the covers for that... Um, that Aquaman title like just looked like Andy Kubert's art. I'm trying I know, to think of it. But I liked it. Gave, you know, made Aquaman. Yeah, it looked, made me like think it was girl. Andy Kubert. Did you read Blackest Night? Ivan did those pencils. No, I did not. All right. Uh, what's what's next? Is that a thumbs up or a thumbs down for you? You're the DC historian. You got to go with the creative team. It's a thumbs sideways for now. It's a hell of a creative team, but Aquaman, that's a tough sell. As a non-reader, I know Aquaman is like Namor, less of a D-bag, and he has a wife. And he gets his hand cut off a lot. This is true. That's what I know of Aquaman. <laughs> He is also a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Atlantean king. Hunk? Is so it, would arch- you consider him a hunk? He is dreamy. But his arch-nemesis is black man. 
Really? Guess who I root for in those battles? <laughs> What's his arch nemesis name? Black Manta. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not making that up. That's a, uh, you did. You totally made that up. This is very racist. Wiki What's happening it. right now? All right, yeah, go down the, go down the list. DC is going through the casual racist catalog. Speaking of which, did you see... Uh, that Africa is ape-controlled? No, when I paged through <laughs> your, your copy of Flashpoint, they corrected the ape-controlled version of Africa to gorilla-controlled now. <laughs> yeah, I, I did that. not see that. Did yeah, they yeah, really? Yeah, they yeah it's, at the, it's the last page they of the issue. It. I commend you for that, Slim. <laughs> so, so what's next on the list? Next is The Fury of Firestorm, written by Ethan Van Skiver and Gail Simone. With art by Yildre, Yildre, very strange that Sinar. that they're doing that, that the the co-writing team with Gail Simone. I don't under, I don't understand that. She's better than that. She can write solo. Why? Yeah. Why not just have a? Uh, maybe she's got yeah. another title that's going to come out. That rumor she, has it she's off Birds of Prey. That's rumor. I heard that rumor, and that's DC huge. women kicking ass. I think broke that one. Man, that website's going to be pissed in the next couple months. <laughs> She's pissed all the time. I, I uh, peruse her uh, her is blog. Is that a comic book girl? Is that the... No, this is different. This this is... I don't know who the DC woman kicking ass is, but she... She's, she's mad. She's generally mad all the time. Okay. Whenever uh, I follow the links on your Twitter, I always go, eee. Generally, uh, any given day, there's too much white people, there's too much racism, and... Uh, too much men? Not enough women. I'm with her for two out of three. I think, yeah, I think you, you've read her stuff before, right? Yeah, I yeah, have. Yeah. And beneath all of the hate and seething hate, she does make a couple valid points I think every now she, and then. You know, now I'm thinking about it, she's probably the DC version of me, uh, because I bash <laughs> Marvel all the time. <laughs> uh, what's what's next on the list here? Let's see. We just did Firestorm, so we've got Green Arrow. Can being... I just, can I, I'm sorry. Can I just say no interest in that book whatsoever? I agree, except uh, that Gail Simone's writing it. Gail Simone's involvement could be a sleeper hit. Mm. Time will tell. Yeah, I'll let you know what I think. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Give me your iPad when you're done with it. I'll read that. <laughs> Green Arrow, being written by Dan Jurgens, and art by Dan Jurgens and Norm Ratmond. Nor Norman Ratmond. Wait, Jurgens is also doing art too. Yeah, and writing. That's very strange. With art by Superstar. No, I'm sorry, I got Maybe, that I wrong. Just... JT Krull is writing with art by Dan Jurgens. Okay. My fault. Uh, I did. I, like I, I did notice, and uh, some other people have pointed out that uh, Green Arrow's costume is very Smallvillian. You know, it's kind of a direct uh, replica of the Smallville uniform. A very streamlined a version. Yep. He's got his hoodie back. Hmm. Yeah, not not for nothing. I mean, take Smallville out of the equation. Good. I that, already did. That little Robin Hood cap he's been sporting for half a century is a little dated. A wee bit. I got nothing. Speaking of which, uh, it looks like they're going to take the red underwear away from Superman. Thank that, God. that image. I wonder what that's going to look like. We'll wait till we get a full body yeah, shot. Yeah, we'll, we'll hold off. We'll just speculate for right now. I mean, maybe, just maybe, once we see a full image of Superman, we can confirm if he's actually 21 or younger yet. We're running out of time. We're going, you know, fast and furious in the yeah, show. Yeah, we'll this, this up. Uh, this is a special edition. All right? Okay. Just relax. <laughs> Sorry. Moving we can on. You know, we can pontificate as long as we want. You just wanted to say pontificate. Let's be honest. I know. Here. I'm trying to work that in <laughs> more often. <laughs> Let's see. Justice League International number one, written by Dan Jurgens and art from Aaron Lepresti. Really? Now, I saw like Batman is on the cover of this book, too. This is true. And Guy Gardner. Hmm. Now, this is one of the things that I have an issue with the Man, whole reboot overall. they couldn't overall. get rid of Guy Gardner? Nah. He's a staple of Reaganism. He ain't going nowhere. Douche. Your issue? My issue is... It feels like DC is kind of shooting from the hip from this revamp. 
I remember reading interviews months ago from Judd Winnick saying that he was on it because he got such positive press off Justice League Generation Lost. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden we get this sudden announcement and boom, it's got a new creative team. On top of that, DC just spent a year revamping several characters in Brightest Day. Hawkman, Hawkwoman, Aquaman, Martian Man, Swamp Thing, yeah, Swamp Thing, Swamp Dead Man, that, John Constantine. That's why I don't think they're going to – I think they're only going to alter certain characters. Um, you know, they're going to alter Superman. He didn't really have anything to do with uh, Brightest Day necessarily. Right. Uh, I think Swamp Thing will – you know, I think the events coming from Brightest Day will still remain intact in that Swamp Thing is the protector. John Constantine is on the search for him. Uh, Bleeding Cold thinks that they're going to have a John Constantine number one. I I would you know what with fifty two issues having to fill yeah and Constantine being such a popular character, I could see Hellblazer one or Constantine one coming out. I wonder. But at the same time, they said that they're going to keep the Constantine in the Vertigo series untouched. He's not going to have any. Maybe they're going to have a DC like Punisher Max. They're going to have two two Punisher characters. That's the plan. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. I mean, I think you could take the best parts about Constantine and make it a Max-like series. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, you just it, did like it, a, you're like a chicken. <laughs> just got a rooster uh, move. Oh, video keg. Anyway, um, I think they could do that and get away with it. And having a limited knowledge of Hellblazer but liking what I've read, I would absolutely jump on board with a number one. That music is getting worn out this episode. <laughs> You didn't give yourself a sounder. It's the least we can yeah, do. Yeah, that's true. We didn't have a sounder specifically that's because prepared. I got to record them. All right, three more books they announced. Right. Mr. Terrific from the JSA series number one. Pass. Lame pass. Pass. <laughs> I'll let you know how it is. So now, are you were a Mr. Terrific fan uh, before the new DCU currently? I was, but I can't see him supporting his own book. I'll give it a shot. You know, I think I've seen a lot of cosplayers as Mr. Terrific. Did he have like a, a kind of red? He's, He's a big got tea a on black his face. tea on his face. Yeah, yeah, I have The seen. jacket that says fair play. Right. I'm sure we'll see him as wizard there at Wizard World. Uh, yeah. Maybe I should dress up as him. <laughs> you just had the same thought every black man ever going to convention had. I should go as Mr. Terrific. The only reason I won't is because I don't want to hear you two making blackface <laughs> jokes. For a whole day. Can I go as Mr. Terrific? <laughs> I think we should all go as Mr. Terrific. Maybe I'll go as John Stewart. Uh, that would be pretty good. Anyway, you'd have to wear one of those skin-tight unitards to you show know. off the man boobs. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm thinking moose knuckle. You know, and, and the worst part about those is like the dudes don't wear like sneakers underneath, so they're just like walking around barefoot in like their unitard, and it's like it's obvious that they're just barefoot in there. It's disgusting. My best one was that uh, they had a, you know, and I'm a, I'm a portly guy, so I'm, all, you know, it's not fat on fat crime when I say this. Last year there was a, a guy who was not in shape to, to do a Green Lantern, mm-hmm. and he wore like the Hal Jordan leather jacket, but it was far too tight and like came up right to his oh, underboob. No. <laughs> what about Cyborg? You could go as Cyborg. I could go we as could Cyborg. Put together some kind of awesome costume for that. That's not a bad idea. I think we should do that. To be honest, or I, I could go as Ernie Ray's Hudson from Ghostbusters. <laughs> Winston, that's a popular one. Tell him about the Twinkie. Chili, what are you doing right now? You're getting your keys? You're going to the bathroom? I'm out. Oh, okay. Um, Snap it a beer. Relax. So, so Justice League International. I don't know. This, they're flooding the market with books, I think. A little a little too early. This is the 52 titles coming into effect. Justice League International is a popular title. Is it? So, okay. From back in the 80s, Keith Giffen and 
I can't remember who did the art. Is Kevin Maguire. Okay, yeah. That name sounds familiar. He does, he's the one that does the faces. Everyone right. loves him because he does uh, descriptive faces. That was the quote-unquote blah-ha-ha era. Okay. That was famous for making the Justice League actually funny. Right. So there's two other books left in phase one? Yep. Captain Adam being written by J.T. Krull and art with Freddie Williams II. Pass. Mm. And then it's kind of an anthology book where it focuses on different characters. This one's called DC Universe, or DC Universe Presents. And it looks like they'll have a rotating team. First issue, first story arc, rather, is going to be about Dead Man, and it's a story being written by Paul Jenkins and Bernard Chang. I'm kind of down with an anthology book, you know, that kind of rotates stories out. And I think uh, uh, at Fuzzy Typewriter had a good point, you know, of iFanboy. He said he felt like a lot of those titles could have been, you know, the, the DC Presents books. Like, they don't really deserve their own title. Agreed. Um, and Paul Jenkins is of a quality where... I'll give anything he writes a shot. Occasionally, he's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I like good. Paul Jenkins. I don't like the character of Deadman. Wolverine the End, anyone? Come uh, off it right now. X-Men Schism. Come on. Second issue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so those are those are all the books, right? Yep. So phase two, I would imagine, would have uh, possibly Superman, possibly Batman. I'm trying to think of how they could stretch it out. Because like you know, conceivably, they have four weeks with one heavy hitter. So jail, J- Justice League is the first week. Um, Justice League is dropping at the end of August. I think Superman is going to be the last because they're kind of building up in Flashpoint right now with the where is Superman question. Right. So I think they're going to like do a drum roll the first three weeks, and the last week is going to be like, all right, here's our main star. Actually, yeah, that, that's probably a JLA will be one week. Wonder Woman is the first week of September. Then Batman and Superman. Yeah, Batman and Superman. We'll get a better idea when DC releases their Thir- solicits. The 13th. Stay tuned Monday. to the internets for that. And I'm sure we'll be there to review and judge it. Slim, I don't want you to make any assumptions, though. You talk to people first before you just go off at the hip tweeting. <laughs> I should. I, I do need to confirm uh, theories before I put them on the website. anybody will answer questions. <laughs> I, I try to give a straight... <laughs> Uh, do we want to get into um, the books we've read? You know, the two. We're only going to discuss two books. Okay. Uh, I think we've 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 exhausted. We got you a letter. No, we're not going to listen no, to that one. No, no, no. we don't have letters. Uh, too short notice. Um, the main reason we did the emergency podcast too. Well, the, the first thing I thought of is episode ten, which will post Monday. Is already recorded, so yeah. we would have looked like d bags. You know, if we had a, an episode coming out Monday and we didn't even discuss this, so right. So you got a free one coming Monday. Yeah, you know, this is the free one for you. God, they must. Are we love gonna us. release two episodes? They're all free. We're gonna, um, this one's gonna be posting Friday. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, yeah. Monday we'll have episode ten, American Vampire. I'm looking forward to it. You should. Uh, it was a fun one. Yeah. I, I'm episode. sorry. It was the a fun episode. Couldn't wait. It was a fun episode. You were on assignment. That's the fine. The assignment couldn't wait. Uh, let's get into. Flashpoint number two. Okay. Thumbs up or thumbs down, Mark Farrington? Thumbs sideways. Uh oh. I give it a C. I give it a C. Jonesy loves beer. Writer. Flashpoint number two in your book. Uh, a little hackneyed. Oh. And I'll 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 expound on that. Yeah. Uh, I. I wasn't terribly bowled over by Flashpoint 1. You know, everybody was like, oh, Thomas Wayne is Batman. Like, we were supposed to, like, 
take that one factoid of the entire issue and then bow down and say how great it was. Right. But the issue itself wasn't really compelling. He gave a one-page reveal. Not supposed to think the entire body of the work was great. And they kind of did it the same way in Flashpoint 2. Yeah. I mean, you got two books with pretty much nothing going on that are all about two last-page reveals. And it's just... Uh, I agree. Why I, is this book being told in five issues when it could probably be done in three? It. I can't imagine why a story about the fastest man alive is moving slow as hell. Wow. It's Whoa. a five-issue miniseries. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I paged through it uh, before we recorded. Uh, I thought the reveal was pretty awesome. The final... Uh, the last the page? page, yeah. Um, uh, th- we're a spoilerish show, okay? So you need to fast forward right now because we're gonna get into it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil it for you. Um, the end, you know, the issue is uh, Flash, not Flash. You know, he's talking to Batman, uh, explaining the situation. You know, time has been screwed up. Your son is alive in mine. Before we get to the reveal, the one part of the book I connected with and liked is when Thomas Wayne, in a very Bruce Wayne fashion, says, is there a way to put back the universe so that I'm the one who dies and Bruce comes back? It was a good character moment. You know, like, he's Mm -hmm. like, you know, I will absolutely sacrifice my existence so that my son could live. You know, that was cool. Yeah, it was cool. I like that. So um, he explains this to Batman, and and then uh, at the end he tries to replicate the scenario where he got, you know, the speed force inside of him so he douses himself with these chemicals in a lightning storm outside he straps himself to a chair and hopes for the best <laughs> which is is very silly i think um but and, in an unexpected plot twist yeah absolutely you think he's going to get the flash power back instead he gets uh, pretty much electrocuted to death and he's a burned you know corpse crisp. yeah he's he's burned <laughs> to a crisp at the last panel he was in, he was in you know covered in flames which i thought that was awesome i was like whoa like, and whoa. You can almost bat, uh, imagine Batman doing like a low whistle, like, <laughs> like that. And you don't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's you know, Flash is on the covers for the at least the final issue of, or no, they haven't shown the the final cover yet. They showed four or five, um, and he looks you know normal. He's in the Flash costume in all of them, so they're obviously not. Um, you know, I'm predicting. I'm predicting a cop out. Where his flash healing factor kicks in. He has a flash healing factor? Doesn't he? Doesn't He's got an incredibly fast metabolism, so he heals fast. I mean, not Wolverine-esque. Mm. But, but he'll I... recover from like a broken ankle in a matter of days or something. Right. So yeah. the next issue is the search for Superman. And I'm, I think Flash wasn't on this cover when I last saw it. It's it's Cyborg and Batman. No, he's in. on there. Is he? He just checks. Okay. So that's weird. That's weird right there. I think he's going to do the whole Flash you know, healing factor, and it's pretty much going to negate the last page of yeah. issue two. I guess my beef with the issue was it was very much a talking head issue. And in this story where we're dealing with an altered timeline and a different reality, the writers took a lot of care to create an entire world with an altered history. I get it. But they're spending so much time showing you that world that I feel like the main story doesn't really get enough screenplay and forward movement. Mm-hmm. In the first half of the issue, we see, <clears throat> excuse me, we see Deathstroke, or Slade Wilson rather, as a pirate with a cast of pirates who are other obscure DC characters. We see Clayface. Clayface, yeah, that was pretty cool. And I can't remember the other people. And because they were paying attention to a fellow pirate boat, they stumble across a ruined 
uh, Paris because they're by the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, that was that was cool. And by the time they realize where they're at, it's they're attacked by Aquaman and his brother Ocean Master. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've got Steve <laughs> Trevor. Who is trying Perfectly to... straight face. I admire you, Mark, for yeah. that. <laughs> you got to take the good parts of DC with the bad. I'm waiting for Catman to team up with Ocean Master at some point. Uh, my, you know, the, the, the thing I compared it to is Age of Apocalypse in Marvel, and they did things a little differently where, you know, they stopped the main issues and turned them into these limited series that DC is doing for four months. Uh, I think these are only going for three. Um, but they did bookend... Uh, Age of Apocalypse books. So there was Alpha, which started the whole thing. This was like Flashpoint number one for them. And, you know, the series went on for four months. And then uh, Age of Apocalypse Omega came out, which ended the series. So there was never really a a five-month-long Age of Apocalypse title that included everything. Everything happened in the limited series in separate titles. And they all kind of connected in some way. That is kind of cool. Um, and then, you know, at the end of at the end of that month, uh, there was one oversized issue that wrapped everything up with all the characters. So I think maybe that's that's the that's a big difference between Flashpoint happening right now. You know, they're trying to can keep a, a large cast of characters happening for for what five issues, six issues. And then we have literally twenty different miniseries coming yeah. out. Some this week, right? Others throughout the month. It's tough. It is tough. It's tough to do, and uh, so far it's not so hot the parts i like though were the parts with barry allen and thomas wayne where thomas wayne is beating the hell out of barry mm. and he's sitting there pleading with them going no you got to believe me this isn't reality right. i knew your son and then it hits him he starts remembering things from the altar timeline it was cool but do we want to get into um fear itself number three i'm or, down or do we want to just keep this a dc show yeah uh, let's give him something for the marvel right. listeners <laughs> So, Fear Itself, number three. Or as I like to call it, Fear Itself, number one. You know, the first two issues were junk. You know, you don't think issue three was junk? Uh, it had action in it. You know, the, the first two issues were put, put me into Odin's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, <laughs> Thor and his dad were arguing for, you know, what it felt like 30 pages. Um... I don't even remember what else happened. To be honest, I was I fell asleep in the first two issues. They threw Thor in uh, Asgardian jail. Some hammers fell around the world. About right. fifteen hundred hammers fell, and then oh yeah, yeah, that's right. So so this issue started out with Sin, uh, you know, and her army of Nazi mech robots. Um, and she might have been. She was not in a robot. That sounds her, ridiculous. Her cronies were. Her. So, but this issue. Um, uh, the rumors were, you know, potential spoilers, everyone. So read, uh, listen at your own risk. Uh, Bucky was going to bite the big one in this one. Rumor. So this issue, like the first couple pages, he's like the superhero. You know, leading he's, the charge. He's leading the charge. He's got a huge patriot boner. I had one when I was reading it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. As lame as the concept of 15 evil Thors is, to see, like, almost that ultimate Cap persona come out in Bucky where he's like, I don't care if you're the Hulk or a god, I'm going to lay down some whoopee on you. Yeah. And um, isn't Captain America, isn't Bucky in a prison right now? In his own book, yeah. he is still trying to break out of That's kind of weird. Huh? But that's so Marvel to, like, 
do that. Though. I know, but usually they would connect the t- the dot, like the title would take a break and it would follow like a a secondary character for a few months. You know, uh, didn't something happen to I'm trying to think of what happened? You know, Civil War Spider Man's identity was out, and the issues while that was going on was him dealing with, you know, being a celebrity for a few issues, and the repercussions of that. It's nothing they can't fix with an editor's box. The right. events in this place story took place after Captain America number whatever. Right, yeah, and I actually didn't even see that because I, I, when I was in the shop, I paged through the most recent Captain America. But on top of that, didn't uh, Captain America is getting a new series in July, Captain right. America number one, and the current Captain America is being renamed Captain America and Bucky, I think. Right, and it's all World War Two stories. It's Brew oh, Baker. I did not know that. It's Brew Baker. Um, so- Chris Somney. Somney telling World War Two stories about. Captain I Bucky. did. I thought it was current era, so that's why I was like, he can't no, die. He's got a book you know, coming out. I I was confused, but uh, on the Twitter, Brew Baker clarified. Oh, okay. And isn't the opening to Captain America's new book going to be them at a funeral? Yeah, but it's not. I read the the preview, um, and it's. Um, it's it's like Sharon Carter's aunt or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you know that doesn't really that's not really a stretch with the first Avenger coming out, and they want new readers to come in and say, "I just saw this movie where Captain America was in World War Two. Oh, if I go to the comic book store, Captain America's in World War Two. Like yeah. it, that, that it's easy to care. Um, I feel I, like... I like the Winter Soldier. I would have. He's over the years. He's been a very compelling. I character. I I didn't like uh like I paged through that Brubaker issue and I was like, eh, yeah. Captain uh, America where Brubaker's in prison and Somni's doing like a B okay. story. Um, you know, a Brubaker character in prison. Um, Shocker. Yeah, get, get, let's get a Winter Soldier book, you know, where he's on like, you know, covert missions, effing up, you know, like, I don't know, government officials. I feel like he can't die, though, just given how many teasers we've seen, how many images and illusions they make. Yeah. This would be the most obvious, non surprising death. That Marvel would ever have. It would be pretty cool if, like, in battle, they uh, he gets lost and is like falls into the Antarctic and he and he's frozen. That would be that would be pretty sweet. <laughs> that would be sweet. Or maybe like there's some magic with the hammers, and as a result, he gets yeah, thrown through time. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure something's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Or he becomes a Thor-esque Captain America character. Mm-hmm. So fear itself, um, it's starting to get you know exciting, but I don't think you know. I'm not. I don't know. Now, which summer crossover are you guys enjoying more, Flashpoint or Fear Itself? The sigh. The sigh. That was huge. Uh, I um, think I'm enjoying, not the the main story, I'm enjoying Flashpoint because of what's coming out of Flashpoint. Agreed. Agreed. I uh, I would say Fear, I mean, I, I didn't like them both, not because of their creative teams, but I just didn't like the pacing of the story and you know what kind of what I had read before it kind of just felt like a little bit of regurgitation on both summer events uh you know with you know Thor the gods dying coming back and Flashpoint you know another alternate universe and I was kind of you know it's kind of like post-apocalyptic I'm kind of over that kind of thing but I was on a Thor kick so I was kind of getting into Fear Itself I reread it again because I saw the movie but then as soon as the, the huge news about DCU hit, you know, I was back in Flashpoint mm-hmm. territory. No, I agree with both of you. I mean, to me, Fear Itself is a great popcorn book. I'm enjoying it for – it won't be remembered as a great all-out historical story. It's just, all right, these guys with hammers are going to go get beat up by the Avengers. Cool. 
but with Flashpoint, it's more my thing. I like the alternate timeline stuff. I know the story, the characters, pacing's killing me. But I'm going to have so many. I'm going to be looking forward to see how it ends. I've got a lot of expectations. I wonder what's going to happen with Detective Comics, Snyder and Jock. Uh, yeah. That's my favorite DC title. Let's keep an eye out. I heard I had whispers they might still be on the title Thank after Flashpoint. I think it was you and Mandy Boo talking about it, so I got to shout you guys out. But you're right, Detective is the best Batman book out there right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, the best. Down. Everything is junk compared to it. Whoa, Batman and Robin's all right right now. I don't read that. I don't read you. I got I got off of that when nice. I quietly stopped drawing it. Wow. You know what they need? They need Fraser Irving to do a, a title, you know, a superhero book. I know that zombie. What, what, what's he doing now? Is it zombie? Something like that. Some kind of junk. Ex zombie. Is that <laughs> ex zombie? Farrington, on a scale of one to ten, how excited are you for the new DCU to close out the show? I'm about an eight and nine. Eighty nine? Is that what he said? An eight or a nine? <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Despite you, my ramblings. You will not be on Monday's show. Uh, you will be on Paper Keg 11. With any luck. You know, hopefully you can fit us in. Hey, no more assignments for the year. Stop sending me away. <laughs> you know, we got to get stuff done. Top secret stuff. That's what we're sending you to. Ouch. Jonesy Ryder. Uh, I'm at a 10. As much as I am a bitchy fanboy, I do recognize this as the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm at a 10. I'm on the same boat. I will be able to buy uh, new DC Comics when I'm still in bed Wednesday morning. You think they're only having artists write books because they're chasing away people? Yes. That's another show. Yeah, we're going to save for another show. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, review us on iTunes if you're you know, if you're cool. Not going to happen. Thank you. Good night. Last word. <laughs>